Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Dreams. Dreams. I'm your host, Joe Wilmot. And today we are going to talk about, I don't know, I've had a lot of dreams and it's been a long time since we've done an episode, so there's been a lot of dream action. Um, let's, let's brainstorm a little bit. Let's, uh, let's, let's get to talking about, uh, I know I've talked about the reason behind why we have dreams the way that we do. It's to satisfy the void that we have in everyday life from a particular situation. So, I mean, if we're lacking something in everyday life, or if we missed out on something in regular life, perhaps we'll dream about it. And perhaps it'll be satisfying the void with the experience of it in a dream. I know for me, I've had a couple of dreams that have satisfied my voids. You know, like driving a four-by-four truck. You know, there was one time I uh, had a dream recently where I was uh, gotten to, I saw a car accident and I had to go the back route and the back route just happened to be uphill through a bunch of trees. And for some reason I had a uh, old GMC, my first vehicle that I had, my old GMC 89 truck. It wasn't a four-wheel drive truck when I had it in real life, but in my dream, I was taking that rusty old reliable truck and I was driving it up the hill through trees and through snowy hill and I made it up to the uh, to the alternative route. Now how that correlates to you know feeling like you need a four-wheel drive truck it just makes you think to yourself, you know, yeah, I, I got to have the experience of driving a four-wheel four-wheel drive truck. In my dreams. So therefore it satisfies the void. It's now spring season almost. You know, we got 10, 11 days until spring. And I don't believe it's going to snow enough to where we get stuck in the driveway. Or we have to reverse out of the driveway. We can normally drive the normal way that we normally drive. Anyways, that's some local action. Anyways, the void and regret that I have in some situations that I never capitalized on have taken effect in my dreams. Then we have some bizarre dreams, which we don't know why they happen, and we don't know what the reasoning is behind them, but we know that that isn't the normal way of thinking. But perhaps getting on this trend of talking about, you know, dreams, about flourishing and fluency and experiencing people in our dreams. I want to talk about people. Do you ever dream about a person? Do you have a consistent person that you dream about? Do you have a theme that goes on with this person? 
like some sort of relationship. Or perhaps it's a friend. Or an ex-lover. Or a family member. Whoever it is, do you think to yourself that when you dream about that person, and that person is in your dream, do you know them as that personality that's in your dream? Or do they actually have some sort of dream consciousness where they are dreaming and recognize sleep or awake sleep to where they recognize and they are aware of the same dream? We hear people talking about having the same dream. But if a person dreams of one person like a lover and another person dreams of that person like a lover, if the two people are dreaming of each other, is it the same dream? That's something I want to talk about. Because to me, it seems like how could it be on one end only? How could you only have one lover dreaming of the other lover? Wouldn't they be missing a void in each other if one was dreaming about the other? I know it sounded like a twisty, turvy Dr. Seuss riddle, but uh, rewind it and play it again if you want to. Um, I know it's, it's a 15-second thing on on podcasts, on uh, iTunes. But anyways, does the dreamer connect to that person in real life? Or is it just a dream? If we go back and talk about telepathy, which we've experienced, and we've had some proof and validation that it's actually true, does it mean that if we dream about that person, that that person somehow consciously or subconsciously is recognized by the other person. You know, I'm going to get definitive about this. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say, no, it is only to the individual. Just because I'm dreaming about this woman, this ex-lover that I used to be with, does not mean that she is dreaming about me. It does not mean that she thinks about me. It is simply my mind and my mind's way of filling in the void. The void that was created from the relationship that went on. And when I dream of her, I dream of things of her doing that she never did while she was in the relationship. And to me, it's filling the void. And I, and I just have to think that when we fill the void of people, of experiences, it is somewhat satisfactory because our dreams can be very real. And when we experience it in a dream... 
It's as if we experience it in real life. Because our dreams are not just nonsense, they are real life. In a way, dreaming of an experience is more magical than sometimes the experience itself. Sometimes we have to escape into our dreams. Sometimes we go there for shelter and comfort. Sometimes we go there because the real world we're in doesn't want us, doesn't accept us. What we want in the real world, we don't get. What we want with another person, we don't get. But where we do get it, our dreams. Nobody can interfere with us in our dreams. Nobody can tell us we're right and we're wrong. It's just something that happens. And it's an experience that happens that we have no control over. I said the Lord's name in vain in my dream one time. And it made me upset. It made me upset because I allowed myself to say the Lord's name in vain or to curse and commit blasphemy against the Lord in my dream. Because I was angry about something. And in my dream, I wanted to make a statement of me being angry. So I did. And the only thing I can really remember is making the statement of being angry, using the Lord's name in vain. And then having everybody snap into, you know, order, and then waking up. I got one more dream to share with you. We'll take a quick break, and I'll come back and share that dream with you. It's about heaven and hell. And then we'll conclude the episode for the day. Now, I had this dream where I was in hell. And I was walking around in hell. There was no salvation. There was no savior. There was no nothing. There's just people walking down this staircase, going further and further and deeper and deeper into hell. And then I thought to myself, wait a minute, I don't belong here. I don't belong in hell. I believe in Jesus. There is a Savior. I believe in what's righteous. I believe in what's right. So then I turned around and started walking up the staircase. And people started grabbing at me and trying to pull me down with them. Trying to pull me down into the further depths of hell. And I was like, no, no, no. You're not going to stop me. You're not going to stop me. And as I go further and further up the staircase, I finally arrive at this gate, this platform this uh vortex 
this portal. And there's a mirage there. It's got gates that are covered in black fencing. And then it's got this like glowing, like illuminated golden fencing. And they're intertwining. It's like the portal between heaven and hell. And I decided to go through it. Took a risk, a gamble, whatever you want to call it. If it was that I wasn't actually in hell, that I might actually go to hell. Or if it was, you know, it's like, but I already figured I was in hell. So I figured I was going back up to heaven. But before I made it all the way through, there was something that clung on to me. There was something that was clinging on to me. Trying to pull me back the other way. But I didn't go. I went through the portal. And as I went through the portal, I saw incredibly peaceful things. Things that bring comfort, warming, sensations, happiness, pleasantness. The peaceful, at ease life. And then I see the soul that clung on to me, and I see this white ghostly figure evaporate up into nothingness. And I see this person turn into a child before me and run around and, you know, go into heaven and, and find the Savior. Like, they were holding on to me because they believed as well. But they didn't have enough strength to get there on their own. And as I'm looking around and I'm seeing all these wonderful things, some of them were Christmas items, you know, Christmas, the, the, the warm, comforting feeling of Christmas, being in Christmas land and celebrating Christ. It was like the entrance into heaven. And I am walking around and I'm like, you know, just overwhelmed with the amount of happiness I feel. And the first thing I think about is I want to see my family. I want to see my family. That is who I love. I love my family. And I hope to God that my family is in heaven too. And that I can go and I can find my family. So sure enough, I walk into a room and I see one person from my family. And they want to take me to the rest of my family. And I think to myself, yes. Yes, I have made it to heaven. Then I woke up. And I was thinking to myself, you know, that, that was a good dream. I can share that on dreams today. And uh, it got me thinking, you know, it's like I really need to find a wife. You know, I love my family, but I, I want to add to my family. I need to find a girlfriend I need to get my stuff in order if it's not already in order. And I need to find somebody who wants to spend their life with me. And once I do that, I'll have somebody to add to the family. Then maybe eventually a child, a kid. And be able to grow and benefit the family. Add to the family and all that type of thing. But immediately the first thing I thought, since I didn't have a family of my own, was my birth family. You know, my mother, my father, my brothers and sisters. And that brought me comfort. 
But do I think that they had the dream about heaven? No. Do I think that my friends dream about me doing whatever I do with my friends? No. You know, sometimes I have dreams where I'm back at school and I'm on the radio station or I'm talking to old college friends. Sometimes I dream that I'm eliminating my college friends or my high school friends from my life because I feel like, you know, it's time to move on. You know, for the longest time, I dreamt of my ex-lover, the only girlfriend I ever had. That was an actual girlfriend. That wasn't just a fling. And, uh, you know, now it's like she's gone. She doesn't come back. You know, there's, there's times where I have experiences with her now, but it's not like the bond of love or holding on to the bond of love that was shattered when we broke up. And I just want to share this story that I heard the other day that I read about between Psyche and Cupid and Venus. Venus has a son named Cupid. Cupid is supposed to go to Psyche and make her fall in love with an ugly person, a failure, a no good person. And he ends up falling in love with Psyche. Psyche falls in love with him, but Venus finds out. And Venus banishes them to never see each other again. But Cupid finds a way. In the nighttime, Cupid visits Psyche in the dreams. So in a way, I would kind of look at my relationship with this ex-lover of mine as banished by Venus, the mother of Cupid as me being Cupid, and Psyche being my ex-lover. Although it wasn't my mother's decision to get rid of my ex-girlfriend, it was my ex-girlfriend's decision to get rid of me. But anyways, somewhat coalescing with the story, I guess everything added up and you can twist and turn it any way you want to to make the story fit. But the moral of the story is, is that I visited my ex-girlfriend, my ex-lover, in my dreams every night for years, years upon years. More so than the actual relationship. I had more of a relationship with her in my dreams than I did in real life. And it was fulfilling and satisfying and complete. It completed my inner turmoil that I had of not completing the relationship with this woman. So my biggest suggestion is to just be how you feel. Think how you think. And it will all fill the void in your dream or dreams. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm Joe Wilmot for Dreams. This has been Fill the Void.